Hi, welcome to Revved Up for Sunday, a podcast on the Sunday scriptures from the clergy of St. Mark's Episcopal Church in New Canaan, Connecticut. I'm Justin Crisp. I'm Elizabeth Garnsey. And I'm Peter Walsh. And today we have a most beloved story. It's the story of the visitation of Mary to her cousin Elizabeth. The angel has just appeared to Mary and told her that she is to bear a child, and this child is going to be the son of the Most High. And what does Mary decide to do? But go on a road trip. Let's hear the scriptures. A reading from the Gospel of Luke, the first chapter. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Here ends the reading. One of the iconic pieces of scripture, right? For sure. I mean, uh, this is sure. this is up there with like the parable of the good Samaritan, uh, you know, um, uh, doubting Thomas. I mean, the, this is this is stuff that everybody knows and loves. It's a Christmas pageant kind of stuff, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. Uh, Christmas pageant, much beloved around here at St. Mark's, especially by our rector. Uh, what do you all What do you all make of this? I would just say that there's a tremendous amount to this, uh, but I just want to begin at this at the beginning of this. Uh, in our last Holy Land pilgrimage, we went to the town called Incarin, which is four miles outside of Jerusalem, which is where the Church of the Visitation is. And uh, it is indeed uh, a Judean town in the hill country. It is indeed hill country. It is a very much mm-hmm. up and downness. And as uh, you come up the hill uh, toward what was here, the, the house of, they, they identify as the house of Zechariah and greet Elizabeth. We would say the house of Zechariah and Elizabeth uh, nowadays. And uh, as you come up the hill, and you walk in the front gate, and there, there's this incredible, uh, these two statues, and it's, it is Mary and Elizabeth standing next to each other, and they are touching by their protruding bellies. <laughs> and you can tell who Elizabeth is, because Elizabeth is six months more pregnant mm-hmm. than Mary, and so mm-hmm. the older Elizabeth has got this um, little cannonball uh, of a belly, and, and then Mary, uh, you know, who is her niece, 
uh, a slider, but with the little the little Jesus bump, and you come into that the, the touching of the babies. It's really, mm. really, really a beautiful way to enter. And then as you come in, uh, the church is up on left, and on the right side there is a wall and a, a gigantic wall with the Magnificat in different languages, and all the pilgrims oh, wow. stop in front of their language and say say the Magnificat together, which oh, is nice. what we did. So for me, oh, this brings me to a particular place with uh, particular protruding bellies. It's really great. Yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah. It's a long walk. I mean, I'm struck by how she goes in haste and, Mm. you know, it is a beautiful, beloved story and the icons are touching and tender and the art is beautiful and there's full of symbolism with Mary usually in blue signifying her, you know, the divinity of her child and Elizabeth in red with the humanity and, um, you know, there's so much symbolism, but I think sort of what gets lost in the retelling and telling of this story is just how, what a crisis Mary is in, yeah, yeah. you know? And, and even Elizabeth, yep. her pregnancy is fraught. I mean, there, mm-hmm. there are two women who, if Mary has um, been, this has been thrust upon her, and she sets out with haste. Um, pro- I mean, let's be anachronistic. I think she, she has to get out of there because, mm-hmm. you know, the choice maybe is that she will be stoned. Um, she maybe doesn't know yet that Joseph's going to keep stand by her side and mm-hmm. and claim her as his wife. Um, she's probably confused or a little scared. Who knows? I, I, and then you've got Elizabeth. Um, you know, Mary's a young girl. So she's, she's beside from all I just said, she's also now going to have a child. So she's mm-hmm. been thrust right up into adulthood as a girl would be. Also, you know, it's their purpose is to bear children in, in this time. Yeah. But, you know, in her case, it happened soon and out of order, out of the social norm. Yeah. And then Elizabeth's pregnancy, she's old. Um, she wanted, they wanted to have a child. Um, yeah. They're getting to have a child, but hmm. she's old. And like, you know, she's disgraced, as it says in the text, as you pointed out in the conversation with me earlier. Yeah. Um, so now she's pregnant and she's old. And probably people are kind of looking upon her with some... Hmm sideways glances or whatever, not to mention the fact that she will actually have a child and have to raise it in old age, which is no (laughs) easy task. Mm. Uh, Speaking as a um, geriatric mother myself, that's what they call you in the clinics, you know, if you're over 40. Um, So, you know, I mean, it's, it's burdensome for both of them. And, you know, and yet they lay all that aside to proclaim joy Mm. And I think that's amazing, mm-hmm. you know, that, that they find in it all the space for just shared wowness. You know, they're mm-hmm. both, it's still a miracle. It's still joy and God is still at work and they both can see it. And they, you know, maybe it's tradition that they, they break into song, but, but she breaks into the most beautiful song. And it's a song mm-hmm. they know because Hannah has sung it before them and... So, you know, there's a lot to say about that parallel, too. But anyway, you know, it just strikes me that all that's sort of not said in the text, and it's just said in this one little phrase, with haste. You know, Mm -hmm. she goes with haste. It's like, she's got to get out of there. Totally. And talk to someone who could possibly understand Mm -hmm. her. Interesting. Well, speaking of talking and not talking, it strikes me, Zechariah can't even speak whenever she arrives, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> right, right, so, right. Uh, so just so that we're all on the, all on the same page here, um, mm-hmm. uh, both in the studio and at home, um, 
you know, so so the, the the first story here in Luke's gospel in this in this sequence is the the encounter between the angel Gabriel and and Zechariah, John the Baptist's father, Elizabeth's husband. Uh, you know, he he's um he's a member of the priestly cast, so he's uh, he's serving in the temple. It's his time to serve in the temple. He's making the sacrifice. Gabriel appears and says basically, "Hey, dude, your wife Elizabeth is going to have a kid," and Zechariah responds. What I think is pretty reasonable, pretty reasonably, but Gabriel doesn't think so. Zechariah says, uh, how will I know that this is so? For I am an old man and my wife is getting on in years. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's just a statement of fact, right? <laughs> but Gabriel's like, nope. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Gabriel strikes him mute and he, he doesn't speak again until he, until John the Baptist is born. And they're asking him, you know, who is this person's name going to be? He writes it down, mm -hmm. John, and then he can, he can speak. And then he, he delivers his own song, the song of, the song of Zechariah. Uh, which is a, a, a story for another day. Mm -hmm. And then comes the, the annunciation of Gabriel to Mary. And in that case, Mary, Mary does express a little bit of doubt. Thanks be to God, Gabriel doesn't react to Mary, <laughs> expressing some reasonable doubt in the way Gabriel reacts to Zechariah. Mary says, how can this be since I am a virgin? And Gabriel just calmly explains, okay, so this is going to happen. The spirit of the Most High is going to overshadow you, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also right. conceived a son, basically saying you're not the only one going through something crazy right now. And then perhaps that's part of the impetus, part of what inspired Mary to set out with haste here. Something crazy mm -hmm. has happened. She is incredibly concerned. She's in a precarious social position, mm -hmm. uh, to say the very least. And so she goes to be with someone she trusts. But she comes into this house, which is in both like joy and also in crisis, right? I mean, can mm -hmm. you imagine going through a pregnancy like the one Elizabeth is going through? You can't even talk to your, like your spouse can't talk to you at all. They're just like, I don't know, right. like where they're just scribbling notes to each other or something. It's kind right. of wild. Um, but I'm interested in the fact that it is incredibly joyous. So, you know, Elizabeth looks to Mary, greets her, and immediately comes forth this, this cry, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And it says she was filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. It's kind of that, a joy not quite out of nowhere, but joy in the midst of, in the midst of, uh, in the midst of crisis, because something marvelous is happening, mm -hmm. notwithstanding the crisis or in the midst of the crisis, which is how I think God works a lot in the scriptures and perhaps even in, uh, in our own lives. Um, so you get, you get Elizabeth's joy here, bless are you among women, and then you get Mary's joy and my soul magnifies the Lord. Mm, yeah. What do you guys make yeah. of the two different, the, you know, the, these, um, these, um, uh, these cries of joy? Well, I, I uh, thank you, each of you, for what you've, you've brought to this, I, uh, or brought out of this. I, I think that the, 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 the primary reason for all this is that the unseen main character of the gospel according to Luke is God, is the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit. And so, mm -hmm. because the Holy Spirit is the one who's driving everything here, mm -hmm. the, that is, that's, that's the whole, that's the story. That's the story, good. it's a Holy Spirit story uh -huh. that is coming through, through these people. I mean, uh, one of the things we get as we had last week with the introduction of John the, of, uh, John the Baptist with Tiberius Caesar and Pontius Pilate. I mean, these are real people, mm -hmm. and and here we get real people. You're describing what their lives were like, but it's the Spirit 
that is the main character that vivifies the whole scene. Take the spirit out, and we got a bunch of we got we got an old lady and an old guy and a kid. Was, you know, I mean, yep. we, we right. and and so it's really the spirit, and mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. that's why these wow. things are songs. They're songs of yeah. praise that are mm-hmm. that are the, this is religious experience. This is their religious experience that comes mm-hmm. out in word in word form. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, that's how I, I I read it. Is it's 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 a spiritual movement. That's yeah, beautiful. absolutely. Wow. I like just thinking of them as mothers too, and you know, there's there's a lot written um, mothers of famous people. You know, there's mm. books oh, there are books hilarious. written about uh, you know you, George uh, Washington's Jesus. mother, yeah. <laughs> Napoleon's mother, who gave birth to three kings and a queen. You know, oh wow, I was going to say who could beat that, but I mean Napoleon's mom, and then mom. outlived yeah. them all. Oh, and, um, wow. You know, you've got Augustine's mother, Monica, who has right. a oh, feast man. day, praised oh. for him until he finally receives mm. Jesus. And, She's um, the ultimate harangue. I mean, she yeah, just totally. harangued that guy. Right. I mean, I named a kid after Augustine, but yeah. uh, I mean, Monica. <laughs> but thanks be to God for Monica. She just yeah. followed him everywhere. Right. But, you know, you can see in, in the songs the um, prelude to their son's work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Elizabeth... Right speaks the way John the Baptist does. You know, am I, she says, how has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? Mm. And, you know, John later will say, is, right. wh- how could, why should I baptize you? You know, I should, I should be baptized by you. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, and then we've got Mary with her song, and two chapters later, Jesus delivers his first sermon in the temple. He reads from the scroll of Isaiah mm-hmm. that really says these same things. He's brought down mm-hmm. the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly and filled yeah. the hungry with good things. Um, so, you know, you get the sense that they raise their sons mm-hmm. with this attitude, <laughs> you know, to, to learn these lessons and, and be funny. ready to, to say it, you know, and um, <clears throat> yeah. you got the mother of Martin Luther King Jr. who who's famous for teaching her children, you are as good as anyone, you know, always remember mm-hmm. you're as good as anyone. And, you know, you can kind of see how they've raised their two sons because they've mm-hmm. been given this word that their sons are going to live for this purpose, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's sort of amazing. And I love that the writers included their stories. Absolutely. Because they could easily have dropped out, as they did for Mark and Matthew, Mark and um, John, kind Absolutely. of. Well, this is a hallmark of Luke's gospel, right? Attention yeah. to the marginalized, attention to people who right. are, you know, on the edge yep. of the stage, mm-hmm. including attention to women, women. over and over and over yeah. in, in Luke's gospel. Right. Um, you know, I, I have to say the the um, uh, Mary's song here, the Magnificat, from the first word of, of this song when it's translated into Latin, um, I, it's one of my favorite pieces hmm. of scripture Period. Just mm-hmm. just across the board, mm-hmm. and and um, I'll say not always because I am not because it's exactly um it's not exactly like a lullaby, right? <laughs> uh, I mean the text of it is pretty um. It ain't no lullaby. Hmm. No, it's no lullaby. I mean it reminds me of um when I was teaching the eighth grade confirmation students uh, the Sermon on the Mount, and you know, and Jesus is saying, "Blessed are the poor, woe to the rich." Right. Uh, if somebody hits you, turn the other cheek. If somebody steals from you, give them the rest of your stuff, etc. I mean, I'm, I'm improvising a little bit, but that's basically what he says. And one of the kids was like, 
really? Who wants to follow this guy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is exactly the right question for an eighth grader to ask, right? Uh, but a lot of that is happening here, and you have a kind of summary mm-hmm. of the great reversal themes that we yeah. talked about in other Gospels. Yeah. This is a major theme for the Gospel of Luke. It's a major theme for a, a great deal of the Hebrew Bible, right? So the same, the same great reversal is happening in the Song of Hannah, who was also a woman who is barren. She was the mother of Samuel, who went on to anoint kings Saul and David and so on. David, mm-hmm. who's, um, you know, who, whose throne, Gabriel tells Mary, uh, God is going to give to her son, right? Uh, he, he's going to, um, it's going to be her son, Jesus, in whom the promise of Samuel to David that God would establish his throne forever is going to be fulfilled. She goes back, as it were, to, I think, songs and scriptures which she was taught by her mother, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, things from scripture that she had learned as a kid. And she's improvising. She's riffing on Hannah's song from First Samuel. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and here you get the great reversal of God has shown the strength of his arm and has scattered the proud in the, um, it's very hard for me not to use the, the language of right one here because right. it's the one we've set to music, the, in the imagine, scattered the proud of the imagination of their hearts. He has cast down the mighty from their seats and lifted up the lowly. He's filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent empty away and so on. Um, and all of that, to me, that great reversal, I do crave it, right? We do crave. Well, I'll just say, I'll, put it, I'll use I statements. I crave the transformation of our world from, you know, to, to quote um, our presiding bishop, Michael Curry, from the nightmare that it so often is into the dream that God has of it. I didn't say that quite as eloquently as Bishop Michael does, but it's something like that. We, we, I crave this kind of transformation, and yet, you know, as someone who, um, so, so, so I just had lunch. Um, <laughs> I'm not hungry at the moment, right? Um, and I, I'm delighted that God is going to fill the hunger with good things. But I am a little, you know, I am, I am thinking for just a second. Hmm. Well, what does that, what does that mean for me? <laughs> what's that, what's that mean for me? Because I just had lunch. Um, but I, I have to say, I, I find that through music, I can get swept up into the movement of Mary's joy and let go of all of my anxiety about exactly how God is going to do it and what might it mean for me and my own precious little ego and my own little kingdom. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, and just have to say that uh, if, you need a, if you need a Magnificat to, to check out, my favorite is by the 19th century uh, Irish composer Charles Villers, Stanford, uh, his Magnificat in A major, which has a lot of word paintings. You can hear God actually scattering the proud and the mighty being lifted, or the mighty being thrown down and the lowly being lifted and the hungry being filled. You can hear it in the organ, actually. It's really it, it, totally gorgeous. You get caught up in that movement. Um, but I wonder, you know, what do you guys make of the themes of reversal here? What do you all see in Mary's song in particular? Because uh, the, the joy itself is it's joyful. It's exuberant. The content is in keeping with a lot of the other difficult sayings mm-hmm. of Jesus and of John, et cetera, that we've been grappling with for mm-hmm. many months now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you're you're right on the nose here, you're right on the bullseye with the God reversal, the major one of the major themes in in Luke's uh, scriptures, and you've named several of them. This is the last shall be first, and the first shall be last, uh, laid out in a particular way, and and that as the revelation. So God's great reversal, and not just uh, not just in Jesus's life, but in how God sees things. And I, I'm 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 with this. Uh, he brought down the powerful and raised up the lowly. And, and for mm-hmm. me, that has to do with the scriptures we had from Isaiah mm. uh, that was in right. John the Baptist. Yeah. Uh, 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 
that, that Luke puts out there for John the Baptist mm-hmm. uh, as they're cutting across the desert here, right? Mm-hmm. And this is, this is some of those sorts of teachings, uh, the smoothing out of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think, you know, a part of it, uh, I, I'm with you. I mean, the mag- my soul magnifies the Lord to me um, is <clears throat> it could stop there. Mm-hmm. Now, now, it wouldn't be the same revelation, <laughs> right. but I think if we lost the rest of the, you know, we would have lost the incredible, the incredible um, revelation that comes further down, mm-hmm. the, the reversal revelation. But this, the statement, my soul magnifies the Lord, to my mind, is, is devoutly beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, just as, blessed are you amongst women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, uh, for those you know who know the Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Mm-hmm. That 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 out of this piece of scripture come essentially two prayers right. that are they're deep in our tradition, and so again inspired. And and that it is in the prayer, it's in the spirit of the prayer that there is that there is joy. Again, it's mm-hmm. in the spirit of the prayer. Yeah. It's not necessarily in every every piece of particularity. But it's in it's in the it's in mm-hmm. that God is real and God is reality is flowing through me mm-hmm. and touching me when I say these prayers and I think that to me is the right that's the joy in it is mm-hmm. that uh, mm-hmm. the, the devotional joy the mm-hmm. you know the, like the the top of the ceiling in the Sistine Chapel where you see the fingers going like this that these prayers mm-hmm. give us a chance to to touch once in a while right beautiful. I'm struck in, in the, by the prophetic nature of it and mm-hmm. that, you know, we don't call Mary a prophet, right. mm-hmm. but she's speaking just like prophet here. Yeah. And, and John the Baptist is called a prophet. Sure. Why not her? You know, that's sort of the one title she never gets. Yeah, you're she right. It's a good point. Theotokos and Mediatrix and all these other Xs. Right. And um, yeah. she's never called a prophet. And I think it's amazing because she's sort of the first to really lay it out. And um, or Luke, you know, is using her to be play that role, mm-hmm. uh, even before John the Baptist, you know, because it's already it's Luke one. John hasn't even been born, you know. None of them are born, right. and sh- and Mary is is the prophet. So I really like that, and I kind of want to stake. Well, if you don't mind my adding a stake to your stake, which is to say uh, Elizabeth can be uh, considered a prophet here too, right? She's filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaims. And and, and so, I mean, in some sense, they're both uh, prophets. But I marry more so uh, in this passage, but for Mm -hmm. sure, yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, both, both prophets and I think also both priests, just as we had this conversation <laughs> with John the Baptist, right? They're both prophetic yeah. and priestly dimensions to, to John. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think of, um, I think of Mary's, Mary's priesthood. If one of the things that the, the priesthood of the Old Covenant and the New Covenant are both trying to do, it's to, um, to represent the people to God and God to the people. You're kind of on this, like, you're on the precipice between heaven and earth, as it were, if you mm-hmm. want to spatialize it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're interceding and representing and, and so on. And she is... Uh, she's she's right there on the precipice between heaven and earth. That's yeah. what, that, that's what the angel Gabriel said she's going to do. Right? right, what she's going Ooh. to do is going to be the pivot point on which the story of the world is going to turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and in that, you can see all of this incredible transformation that she's describing um, worked <clears throat> out in an incredibly mysterious way that ends up with her son on. The cross, uh, you know. So we've been we've been having some fun in the staff comparing um, Anglican and Lutheran Christmas carols, uh, and it's just because my wife Jewel is a former Lutheran, and there may even be some Lutheran family members out there. Uh, hello, Doug and Carol, who are listening to this. But we commented on the fact that many Lutheran Christmas carols, you know, is right from the cradle straight to the cross, right? Uh, but you know, this is um, Jesus is not going to come and scatter the proud and cast down the mighty from their thrones and lift up the lowly. 
liberally and fill the hungry with good things and send the rich away empty in exactly the way that anybody expected yeah. him to, right? Which has been, mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. another theme of our conversation in the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. That God is working this transformation in very mysterious ways, in ways that I think have no collateral damage, which is perhaps something which is only possible to God mm-hmm. and not possible mm-hmm. for Interesting. humans. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's, a, that's another story. Um, I have to say, oh, please go. Oh, if just picking up on, you know, them being priests, I think the yeah. role of a priest was to offer sacrifice and, mm. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. the other roles. But, I, but both these women have this sense of sacrifice built into their, their mission, you know, I mean, built totally. into right. this child they're going to give birth to. And um, with Hannah, we were laughing about this, well, not laughing, but marveling <laughs> earlier that Hannah's story in, in the book of Samuel, the mother of Samuel, mm. um, you know, she... She prays and prays and prays so much they think she's drunk in the temple. She just right. needs, she wants a child so badly and she can't get pregnant. Finally, when she's pregnant, she gives thanks, thanks, thanks. Then she gives birth to the child, weans it, takes it to the temple with her bowl and her skin of wine Hardcore. and her flour, drops it all off and leaves empty handed. She gives the child to the temple immediately. Mm, and, yeah. you know, then she sings her song. You know, hers is like the postlude to the mm. to the loss, and and then for Mary, she's told it's going to be a, right. a spear in her heart too, and and Elizabeth's son grows up to be beheaded, right. you know, imprisoned and beheaded, and so they're both, they all have this sense their their child is having it's not theirs to keep, and it's all, always God's child mm. to give over, mm. and they have to raise mm. it and know that it that it will all end in some tears until it doesn't you right. know yeah, yeah well put but wow i mean so i think for 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 advent and for these songs there's there's always that prelude that <clears throat> little sense of sacrifice and loss built in and um you know one commentator was talking about for the acquisitive nature of christmas we're set up to expect lots of gifts you know as a kid you're going to get lots and lots of presents and you know get 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 and then for these two women um you know, the whole idea is is to um, anticipate the gift being given to the world and given back to God. And um, so there's something to be said, I think, about wow, that at this time of year. Just the sacrificial, the willingness to let go kind of of the gifts we're given. Yeah. Oh, wow. There, there's so much here. There's so much in this passage and so much in both of these people and so much in, in what you just said. I... Oh, but I am really struck by the fact that neither of these kids are going to live to be very old. Mm-hmm. They're not going to live to be Elizabeth's age. No way, right? I mean, it's just, it's just wild. Um, either of you with the last word here, because we, we do need to wrap up and let our people, um, let our people get back to their Christmas shopping. Because uh, if, you're, if you're like <laughs> us, you, uh, you well, I, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I'm not started. That's all I'm saying. Um, sorry, Mom. <laughs> Speaking of moms. Um, Anyone with a last word here? Yeah, I, I mean, I just might say, first of all, thank you to each of you for what you brought Likewise. up, uh, brought out of this. I, I, I think that the thing that's particularly interesting to me, uh, in part because I, I grew up a Roman Catholic and I grew up with, um, you know, uh, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee, before mm-hmm. I went to bed at night, and Mary, uh, her role in the Roman Catholic tradition, Elizabeth, you know, much, mm-hmm. much less. But to say that, uh, and particularly in a denomination, in a, in a path where it puts um, sensibilities on holiness, what is holiness, that, that Elizabeth uh, and Mary are holy not by their own, but by 
who's in them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what makes oh, wow. them holy. Mm-hmm. And that the same mm-hmm. is the true for us, that we don't become holy because we're some kind of religious triathlete who can really say all the prayers mm-hmm. and, and, and do the one-handed. Um, here, uh, push-ups as I give, 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 mm-hmm. but really the holiness is that the sense that, that the spirit, the living spirit of the Lord is within us and and we are pregnant with that spirit and that's when you meet somebody who is holy and and it doesn't happen very often and seldom when people in our in our stripe uh but when you do you go that person is holy yeah. and the holiness they have is they have the they're they're pregnant they're pregnant with the, they're pregnant with they're pregnant with the, the life of god they're pregnant with the, in our tradition they're pregnant with the living christ mm-hmm. and that that's that's the thing that that's that's why the that's why her soul magnifies the Lord. Her soul magnifies the Lord because her mm-hmm. body is full. Mm. Her body is full of the real deal, mm-hmm. uh, and so is her spirit. So. That's beautiful. beautiful. Totally beautiful. Amen. Uh, we are we are, we continue to be inspired by the holiness of your life, the way that God is uh, is is coming coming to birth, being born anew in in your lives and in your souls on a regular basis. Uh, please do be in touch with us. We love to know how God's moving in your life, how God might be moving in this crazy podcast. Like, share, and subscribe as widely as you can, uh, and wish you a blessed remainder of the re- uh, you know blessed remainder of Advent. There's only a little bit left. Enjoy it. Bye bye. Oh, 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 oh,